0: Welcome to the Settlement Podcast with me, Sam Wilkin. Uh, So this time I'm speaking to Jason Hines. Now, those of you who work in the cheese industry will be well aware of who Jason is and certainly for many of you who don't work in the cheese industry, you'll be well aware of who he works for. Neil's Yard Dairy, he's been with them since the early 90s. Just a real advocate for British farmhouse cheese. Um, He's really instrumental in bringing... Uh, milk producers together with cheese makers I mean classic example is Dave Jowett's recent move to Gloucestershire to Manor Farm um, who happened to be just over the way from where Jason lives uh, just outside Chedworth David's now making fantastic cheese there obviously he's in the midst of COVID along with everyone else so things are slightly different and not quite working out as 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 hoped for 2020 But Jason was good enough to have a chat. Um, This is another Zoom conversation, so sometimes the sound quality's not as good as it could be. But really uh, incisive, insightful words from Jason. Um, Very much a kind of an overview of the industry rather than one producer's experience. Uh, But yeah, so here he is, Jason Hines from Neal's Yard Dairy.
1: There's a short-term problem for British cheesemakers and soft cheesemakers... In particular, um, and the problem is that um, you know their market has instantly dried up, and they have a product with no shelf life. And so, for those for those businesses, that presents um, you know a potentially critical problem. Um, but uh, uh, you know, ultimately, you know they can adjust to that um, by uh, you know making adjustments to making adjustments to their business where they can stop making cheese uh, and or furloughing staff. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think that, that, you know, while, you you know, there is a certain jeopardy um, uh, that's posed to a number of British cheesemaking businesses because of COVID-19, I do think it's short term. And, you know, while there'll be quite a lot of pain um, and and of some very ugly cash flows, um, once you get through the kind of the the mountain um, of, of, um, cheeses that are particularly so with soft cheese you've got um, you know several problems one um, the cheese is um, got a short shelf life um, two it, it's um, you know typically been made for food service and so you know softer cheeses tend to be more present in you know catering hospitality sure. uh, and food service restaurants and so on um and so you know you have a bigger market with soft cheese but more volatile with short more volatile cheese short shelf life sure so so but once those cheese makers get through that um you know uh th- there will be some sort of you know they, they balance their production schedules with the new um, the new normal requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, those requirements will be reduced because there's, there's no food service um, available because the restaurants are still closed. But you know they'll adjust to that. I think uh, you know many cheese making, not all, but quite a lot of cheese making businesses are able to run, you know, uh, you know, at a level where they can kind of tick over because they tend to own their own. A lot of them own their own buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, re- you know, rental costs are probably deferred or not 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 relevant Um, you can furlough your staff um, you can not pay yourself and you tend to farmers tend to run you know they tend to be uh quite thrifty anyway Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah i i think i think that there is yeah clearly this is it's a it's a critical situation um and it's more critical for soft cheesemakers um but i think i think that um uh it's certainly the focus of uh, of Neil's Yard Dairy is to, you know, work strategically uh, and swiftly to support those cheesemakers who have got a lot of cheese, um, we, whose cheese we have a lot of in our own stock, because obviously we do a lot with food service, we sell a lot to restaurants, um, but then, you know, then focus our attention on um, cheesemakers who've got a lot of stock that was not necessarily sold to us or destined for us even. Um, because there are other wholesalers that are also buying these cheeses and for them some of them their business has dried up entirely so we're really focused on you know um, pointing our uh, you know focusing our attention on those let's call the call them short-term high-risk cheesemakers
0: you're quite well set up to serve those people in a sense because you know, the story I'm hearing, you know, from Johnny and actually uh, I spoke to Juliana at the Old Cheese Room yesterday, uh, you know, various other producers that, you know, suddenly they're discovering this market, be it on their doorstep. So the sort of local market that that they hadn't been serving before because they'd been taking all their stock mainly into London for wholesale or yeah. online. I mean, Johnny was obviously already set up online, but, you know, their sales have, you know, in that particular area, obviously it doesn't balance out his wholesale element, but that area has really taken off. Is is that a story that you're seeing at Neils Yard Dairy as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I mean obviously we're we're fortunate that um you know we haven't got all our um you know all our sales uh focused on one channel. Um but of course we have got channels which have been very badly affected by this, notably the UK, you know, wholesale into restaurants. Um but on the other hand, uh, you know, while it, that is not you know in that's not counterbalanced by the, the 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 exploded the exploding growth in e commerce mail order um it's certain that that growth in in, in e commerce is incredibly helpful because um it's allowed us to sort of pivot and that seem that, that that word that word seems to be the word on every on the on the end of everyone's on everyone's lips pivot and so so we you know we we we've been doing you know um, mail order for about um 25 years so we're fortunate that we've got we're kind of we're set up to do it mm. um and yeah we've seen growth of i don't know um well uh, we, we, we've multiple our, our, our econ boxes have gone up by a multiple of about 10 um so uh, and actually the one that was which has been really successful is the dairy box so giving supplying people with high quality farm ingredients such as butter and Butter and milk um, and yoghurt, um, eggs, um, as well as some cheese uh, and a loaf of bread. That has had a remarkable take up.
0: It's, I think people are looking for ways to, uh, you know, support, I think, as well. It's interesting talking to Carwin at Cause Kenarth. You know, they had a horrendous stockpile of Pearl Lass specifically. And I don't know if you saw they put out a, basically a release saying pay what you like pay what you like we would need to move the stock and they they now have sold they've either sold or allocated all that stock and they are now in a position where they can't quite keep up with demand because because people are actually paying often over the odds you know these are sort of private individuals paying over the odds to support a business that they see is perhaps struggling and uh, you know that upswell of goodwill I guess towards the cheese industry is is heartening how's your international because obviously Niels Yard Dairy is synonymous with british cheese you know not just here in the uk but around the world how's that been affected
1: um well our markets our biggest mar- our biggest export markets are in order usa then france then spain mm. um and so you know you only have to, if you follow the news at all you'll know that um you know movement in france and spain in particular is very difficult and um you know people still go out to buy Uh, people do still go out and support their local cheese shop um, but the local cheese shops in France are really only only open for a couple of hours in the morning now Um, and and needless to say um, that you know when you talk about the groundswell of support um, uh, for local cheese um, in the UK um, well of course the same is true in France and so people are very much more concentrated on French supporting, you know, French cheesemakers who've got the same problems as our UK cheesemakers, and so I think that has meant the focus the focus has really moved away from the kinds of cheeses that we offer in, um, uh, you know, we offer to our to our you know um, export markets, and so that that, I think that's true for US cheesemakers who are being supported by lots of the businesses that we supply. or or France or Spain or any others so yeah the the export market has
0: been very badly hit the way that these conversations have been going is there's an initial uh, well it's pretty tough Sam Uh, you know I'll be honest that's the sort of the opening line pretty much from everyone I've spoken to on the phone or 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 via this medium but the the outcome is often a sort of a slightly uh, embarrassed admission that that people are finding it quite exciting I think there's an element you know I certainly Johnny put it quite concisely talking about it kind of cuts through a lot of the noise you've got a very simple task which is you have a mountain of cheese and you need to sell it you
1: know from from the um, perspective of Neil's yard um, you know we, we you know the the, the, uh, the a fight for survival will release adrenaline <laughs> and 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 it's amazing what you can achieve when you have adrenaline coursing through your body and um, you, you see you see uh you know the the, the human in its sort of animal state survive the survival mode um and you know that's when you can see remarkable things happening and it's incredible how fast um change can happen uh when when the need for change is great is is really grave um it, it is really important so i think that um you know the kinds of initiatives that w- that we've seen you know you talk about home delivery so you know if, if we have the same we have the same thing where you know we have vans and drivers not delivering to re- restaurants and we deliver to many more restaurants and shops in london so all of a sudden most of those drops are redundant um and and yet um uh you know we also have many many, many uh customers who who we could deliver to in our own vans um you know around london and so so, you know, we have done, we've done exactly what you've done at Cheese Bar and, and um, you know, uh, re- repurposed those vans for B2C rather than B2B. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's good. And then we've also, you know, uh, we've, we've, you know we've, um, uh, we've partnered up with, as an example, um, uh, a couple of other, um, you know, high-quality food businesses, notably uh, Natura um, Produce. and and hg walter meat, um who have their own you know who've done a similar thing because they both have a high dependency on restaurant business for their um produce and meat respectively and they have their own fleet of vans and drivers Mm -hmm. um and so you know starting to think how we can tie up with them so that we can maybe ease the pressure a little bit and, and, uh, you know, on our respective delivery systems, um, and reach many of the same customers so that instead of them potentially buying produce from one meat from the other and cheese from us, you know, we can work together to include, say cheese, make, you know, cheese has been made available to, uh, you know, we, we started selling to Natura, um, uh, on the 17th of April. So really kind of, two days after the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dominoes started to tumble. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, by the end of the week, we were making cheese available on the app that they repurposed to make um, their produce available to consumers rather than just chefs.
0: I think what's interesting about it is it's, it's opening up options for the individual at home and highlighting the fact that the supermarket is not the only, the be-all and end-all, if you like, Um, Do you you think from your point of view, I mean, we both work, we're very privileged to work in quite a rarefied environment in terms of the food, the food scene, we get to eat and, and, you know, sell the very best cheeses out there. Uh, Not everybody has access to those things. But do you think that this change this suddenly opening up these markets to everybody? If you've got a phone and you can download an app, do you think that will have a a sort of a knock on effect? Let's talk about the after. We don't know when that's going to be or what it'll look like, but... Do you think the way we shop will change
1: fundamentally? Yeah, I do. I think I think there's a number of things um, uh, that will 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 we'll, you know this, that will that will not return to as they you know to how they were before this happened. Uh, I think that um, people will um, people will, will now become much more familiar with home deliveries and, and companies that didn't do home delivery before will now have that and realise how important the ability to deliver to homes is going to be for their future so whether it's from the perspective of the consumer or whether it's from the perspective of the business both I think will feel that actually um, you know in their futures they need to consider that home delivery is gonna be a much more central part of their day-to-day life Um, you know in the same way that I think um, you know here we are talking to each other on zoom I mean I've used zoom for a while because we, we, you know, uh, I work remotely and, and have, you know, lots of, um, uh, you know, interactions with people ab- abroad. But, but and, you know, Zoom, Zoom heaven only knows what's happened to their share price in the last two weeks because they must <laughs> be selling an awful, awful lot of, um, they must have an awful lot of new business. Yeah. Um, but equally, I think, you know, by the same token, people are not going to, people, you know, that, that the view of the world towards home working is also going to be changed forever. So you know, I think on a number of levels, you know, we will not return to the to the same, you know, to the same um, you know practices that we had that we had before this happened. Um, and you know, as far as cheese specifically is concerned, I think you know the home the home delivery, uh, you know, getting getting geared up for it as a supplier, or or having food delivered to your home as a consumer, many you know it's not going to be the same volumes that we're doing now of course but i think when it settles out after you know a few months have passed um all those that have got geared up for e- e-commerce um will will uh, see their e-commerce business um jump up to a, a completely new level of business that will that will be maintained yeah
0: for sure i mean and i think you know again pivot the the, the rapidity with which you, you you know you have to suddenly answer all these different questions obviously you've been doing home delivery for quite a while now but just just the the nuts and bolts of it you know how how do you a get it from a to b what do you put it in how do you keep it all these kind of you know apparently obvious questions that seem to always slip to the bottom of people's to-do lists suddenly have been put put right at the top and as you say that little bit of adrenaline i mean i know that for example you know juliana that, that they're going to really really push their kind of you know uh private sales shall we say rather than wholesale once this is over because they've seen that there's a market and people you know w- want to buy quality cheese so you know from from our point of view that's really exciting
1: people have talked a lot about local you know the local local in you know has been um you know has been this, one of the sort of buzzwords in the last sort of 10 years um in food production you buy local support your local producer but actually, um, you know, it's actually quite hard to buy local because producers are not geared up to do it because it's a, it's a hassle. Mm. Um, but, you know, we started the conversation talking about David here in Chedworth in the village in Gloucestershire. And, um, you know, uh, he has a lot of cheese because he, he's a very restaurant-focused cheese um, uh, that he's got a lot of cheese to sell because that restaurant's dried up. And he's, mm. you know, he he's had to, you know, he's really had to put himself out there. And so on next door Chedworth which is the the website the local village website you know there's lots of people that I've known in the web that I've known in the village for a long time are all now buying his cheese they didn't a lot of them didn't even know that the cheese was being made in the village even though he's been making cheese in the village for about four months now and yet all of a sudden there's this amazing awareness of the fact that cheese is being made locally just a matter of miles from where people, you know, where, where these potential consumers are living. And they're very keen to get behind it and support it. So I think that, um, you know, there's, there's, it will have, um, you know, this will have unleashed, uh, you know, an awareness of local and how local can be supported.
0: Well, and locals an interesting word, isn't it? Because obviously you're talking about people in Chedworth buying David's Cheese, and that's sort of the absolute, you know, definition, if you like, of local. But... Yeah. In a sense, there's a, almost a kind of a broader concept in that local is also small-scale, it's artisan, it's the sort of producer that, y- you know, you don't go into every shop on the high street and see. So, in a sense, I can support local by ordering, I don't know, what you know, a cheese box from Johnny Crickmore in Bungay in Suffolk, even though he's not, you know, technically speaking local. So, in a sense, it's a sort of a... A modern version of what buying local is—the fact that we're speaking together on Zoom now—that kind of, you know, it, its i, I really—I think—I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, once we've all, as you say, survived uh, this and come out, come out. Um, but what's particularly dynamic about, you know, for for, for, for people
1: in the local village, uh, in in you know having um, this cheese be made aware that this cheese is available. Um, the actual cheesemaker, David Jower, is the man who's knocking on the door, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, um, you know, obviously observing social distancing and leaving it at the door, but they're, you know, they're meeting the person who make there, There's it, it's, it's what it's doing is it's actually making proper connections. Mm. Now, that's not to say that David will be the person dropping the cheese around in the future, but he will continue to do that or, or his business will. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's, a, that, that's making true connections, mm. um, uh, that will be, you know, and those connections between, you know, the consumers and that business will be, you know, um, very, very long lasting after this, you know, much will go far beyond the end of this particular, um, you know, um, outbreak. We are between the producer and the consumer. Our businesses are entirely dependent on the producers. Without the producers, we have nothing. So we need need to focus all our energies on making sure that most or all of the cheesemakers that we work with are on the, they're there at the end of this. And, and, you know, energy should be directed to doing that in a sort of, in a focused and strategic and joined up collaborative way. And I think actually, you know, one of the great things about the cheese industry is that, you know, we are very collaborative. And by and large, um, you know, I I think that there's, you know, people we know, we're competitors, but we're also we also collaborate in a way that is not necessarily the case in different in other countries where the cheese market's concerned or in other areas, in other food groups, um, you know, in the UK. So I think that's one of the great things about our industry. Um, So, you know, if we can collaborate more now to solve this problem, and that means that's another one of the changes that we have in the future which is working more together to, you know, support the cheesemakers as a, you know, as an industry. I think that would, that would be a positive change, hopefully, that will come out of all of this.
0: So that was Jason Hines of Neil's Yard Dairy. If you want to know more about Neil's Yard Dairy, go to nealsyarddairy.co.uk. Um, you can read their blogs, you can look at the videos that they've made, but you can also buy great cheese. Um, they do fantastic selections of beautifully kept British farmhouse cheese, as well as dairy boxes and all sorts of different things you can purchase and have delivered to your home. Um, if you want to follow them on Instagram, go to underscore dairy thanks for listening cheers the seliman podcast is produced by me sam wilkin if you want to know more about seliman go to seliman sam on instagram and twitter or check out the website